maybe there's something about their process that I didn't get to see. Maybe there's something about how they put this together that I'm not aware of, right? And so this is also why it's great to have not just only the community that you're looking to serve, but being a part of a community where you get to be poured into as a community member, as opposed to necessarily being the leader of it. You need to have both types of community um, around you in order to, for to me, to be successful uh, in, in business. You're listening to Nourish the Risk Takers. I'm your host, Marisa Lowen. In this podcast, we explore the intricacies and complexities of asking for and receiving help. So excited. One, because I've known Vermeera like online for a bazillion years. I don't know, six, seven, I don't even know, forever. It seems like forever. But I've never gotten to talk to you like this. And this is like so exciting that we get to do this. Plus, everybody in my community was like, oh my gosh, you get to talk to Vermeera. Like it's been like a celebrity um, the week, this past week since we announced it. Everybody's been like, okay, okay, I got to watch this. So I'm excited to have you here. Uh, welcome to Nourish the Risk Takers, Premier. Do you want to give us a little intro about who you are and what you do in the world? First of all, hey, 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 I'm so excited too to uh, be having this conversation with you and then like connect. So um, hello to everybody that's watching and listening. I am Famira. I am a community-focused brand coach, and most people are like, what does that mean? Um, so essentially, I work in branding with women entrepreneurs, but we do it with a community focus around actually building their communities uh, in a very authentic way so that you don't feel like you're always having to be on or in a performing type of uh, stance uh, to grow your brand and your business. Uh, so I talk everything content creation, messaging, uh, really understanding yourself just as much as you understand your target target audience. So, And I love that approach. When we talk about nourish the risk takers, I think our ability to ask for help, but also our ability to receive help is so key to knowing ourselves. Do you want to give me a little bit about your insight about, um, and feel free to do it from the gene keys, feel free to do it from the community perspective of what that means of knowing yourself in order to be able to receive and ask for help? So the whole thing for me is that if you don't really understand yourself and how you actually operate and what uh, makes you, keeps you healthy, what keeps you motivated, um, having that radical self-awareness, how how do you even know what to ask for when it comes to help, right? So a lot of times, even if you are someone who doesn't have an issue with asking for help, which we know is not many people, <laughs> especially women, um, if you are a person that still can ask for help, a lot of times the help you receive may feel um, shallow. It may feel, you know, uh, it may help temporarily, but it doesn't help you really at a soul level because you're not asking for the right thing. And you're not asking for the right thing because you don't know what the right thing is. And so um, you bringing up Gene Keys, you know, that's that's my jam right there. That's the thing that I work with my clients on because it really does give you a lot of insight. And a lot of times what my clients find out is that the very way that they've been divinely designed to show up in the world 
oftentimes is the exact way that people have told them not to be throughout their throughout their life, right? Um, you know, and not necessarily always in a malicious way, but just simply the fact of um, you know, them maybe wanting something different for them or whatever the case may be. And so you get people that were literally designed to be super um, outspoken and bravado and they're being told you're doing too much or calm down. You know, the people who are naturally designed as researchers that want to know all the facts and them being told it don't take all of that. Why you want to know all of that? Why are you asking me a million questions? You know, those types of things. And so when it comes to really being nourished, um, there is literally a specific gene key sphere that can give you insight into that um, around what actually keeps you healthy. Uh, and that's the radiance sphere. And understanding that about yourself, um, you'll know not only the type of help you need, but also the way in which the help needs to kind of be wrapped for you to be able to receive it the best. So, you know, you mentioned that people learn how to how to ask for help and it might be the wrong way because of, you know, cultural expectations, their environment, just their family, um, their work, all of these kind of, you know, forces coming at them and saying, this is how you can ask for help and this is how much help you can have. I love the idea of using tools like Gene Keys um, and, and people use all sorts of different things to kind of say, actually, I have permission to ask for help in the way that I'm best served. What have mm -hmm. you seen when people have stepped into that and they've used the Gene Keys with you? What are some of the changes that you've seen in your clients when they've started to um, really work in that in the way that was meant for them? Well, the first thing is there's a deeper level of confidence, right? There's a deep, deeper level of confidence that shows up in regards to simply being able to ask, being able to stand within your own reality of, you know, what you need and what that looks like. Um, because when you unequivocally understand yourself and know, um, you know, who you are, at a divine level, you're able to stand 10 toes down in things, right? And so uh, people aren't able to gaslight you. People aren't able to, you know, knock you off your square and make you think that you're asking for too much um, when you understand. So for example, with me, when it comes to my radiance, the shadow side of that is exhaustion, right? And so because I understand that I have to build in rest. Rest is very important for me. Rest is actually a, a major factor in how I manifest. And before understanding this about myself, because I am such a go-getter and I'm such a high performer, when I would rest, I would think that I was being lazy, right? And I would be like, girl, you need to be being productive. There's something that you, you could be literally doing right now instead of resting. Uh, but when I got introduced to Jinkies and really began diving in and understanding this about myself, it was like, no, you're absolutely not lazy. You need this to refuel. Um, it refuels my creativity. And when I come out of a rest period, like I get so much stuff done. It's like everything is popping off on all cylinders. And so because of that, I've literally, when it comes to like even my day-to-day -day schedule, I literally have two hours built into my day every day um, that is just a rest period, right? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to go to sleep, but I'm not obligated to anyone or anything during that 
two hour span so that I'm able to kind of use it however I want to, whether that's vegging out on Netflix or, you know, or uh, eating some good food or actually taking a nap, right? Because sometimes it's, it's nap time, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. as you understand these things about yourself, you're you're able to not only give to yourself, but you also know what how other people can support you and what you need in order to nourish yourself. I love that. There's there's two sides of it. It's like giving yourself that permission to go have the nap, which is self-nourishment, and then communicating to everyone else around you like, listen, I got to go take a nap. Um, I'm not my best right now. I'm going to go take a nap. You you all do what you need to do and I'll come back and I'll be able to help, you know, nourish and do, you know, reciprocity, but without that, you're just depleting more and more and you you can't help other people when you're exhausted and tired or hungry. Right. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And so, you know, and for each person is something different, um, you know, depending, of course, depending on what their gene key is. But when you do understand it, um, it's you're able to really kind of tap into it in a very different way uh, that makes life easier, you know, um, mm -hmm. and you're not having to um, beg for things that aren't necessary. Right. <laughs> um, and as you, you really take on this very matter of fact, uh, type of attitude, um, uh, when it comes to it. And so you're able to lean into what is necessary for you. So let me, walk me through a bit of a scenario here, because if, if I've been around all of these people who've told me how I should ask for help or how much help I can ask, now I've got this knowledge, I've got this confidence, I've got, I'm doing this, but I'm practicing it out in the world. What does that look like? Like, how do you actually, you say it's matter of fact, but other people don't always appreciate the straightforward request for your needs being met. Walk me right. through that. Um, so it's really about boundary setting. You know, I personally am a very uh, blunt person, um, but I understand that everyone is not necessarily always that way. Um, and it is not necessarily something that has always been well received, right? Um, it is something that before really understanding again that about myself, I have been made to feel bad about that. Um, I have been made to feel like I was being mean, um, you know, because I just say what it is when I actually have had no emotion actually attached to it. Uh, so I get it. But, you know, it's just really so like my example for me, it's not even necessarily anything that I trained people on or said anything. It's just certain parameters that I put in place. You can't get on my schedule during that two hour, um, you know, span. I don't make any exceptions, you know, even if someone's like, oh, well, I can only really talk at this time. Well, unfortunately, well, maybe we have to schedule for another day, right? Which as somebody who's a super giver, that was very hard for me to do in the beginning because I'm, I'm someone who will um, change their schedule for people to accommodate people and want to help people get into place. But understanding how important this is to my own uh, well-being, I'm like, I can rearrange any other part of my schedule, but these two hours. Right. Um, you know, and so something like that, or just simply saying, um, not answering my phone during those two hours, um, you know, letting people that are close to me know if I don't answer you during this time, I'm good. I'll call you back, you know, later. So now it's just has become 
ultimately like a way of life. And so it's not necessarily something that I have to go around like proclaiming, you can't call me from five to seven, right? Like, cause I'm in rest mode, <laughs> you know? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be all of that, but it's just the small things of you just kind of uh, making the decision. So for example, um, uh, one of my other clients, her, her uh, radiance is around harmony. Like harmony is really important for her. Um, and so I always like to use the term harmony instead of balance. And so for her, it was like, okay, what things can you put in place to make sure that you are staying in harmony when it comes to your business? You know, so what does that look like around, you know, size, sizes of groups? What does that look like in your community participation? What does that look like in, you know, creating an actual schedule for yourself? You know, those different things, uh, you know, so that she could put those things in place that actually create this life of harmony for her so that she's able to execute in her business at the highest level, right? So I think a lot of times we think that boundary setting and putting certain things in place have to be these huge declarations um, when they don't necessarily have to be, you just have to move different. You just have to start to you know, show up different and be different. And then people oftentimes will adjust accordingly. Will you get pushback? Of course, but that's where the whole standing 10 toes down and what it is that you're setting in place for you comes into, you know, comes into play where it's like, I really just can't do it. Like we can figure something out else out, or maybe this is just not the right timing for this, right? Or maybe this is just not, um, you know, everything is not, a, the stars are not aligned in this moment. Um, a lot of times we end up not nourishing ourselves, not because we're in alignment, but actually because we're out of alignment. And we are allowing people to uh, cross our boundaries and without reinforcing them. So you are a community-focused brand coach. I, I want to talk a little bit about you know, how do you see the art of asking for help and the art of receiving help being in community? So a lot, I always tell people, and I've been saying this for years now, honestly, <laughs> um, really are gone of the days of the guru of like everybody just coming to see Mohammed on the mountaintop and like listen at your feet community and um, more of a cooperative is necessary. And so when it comes to you asking for help, not being afraid to ask your community for help. Yes, you are the leader of this said community, of this space. You're responsible for the environment in which you're creating. But if your community sees you being willing to ask for help, they too will be more apt to ask for help when they need it, right? Um, and so that help can look like polls, uh, asking questions, um, you know, getting support as your community grows, as it gets larger, you know, not being afraid to ask for ambassadors, um, to ask for people that are willing to step up and occupy some leadership role within the community as well in order to support you. Um, but the thing with that is really, you have to have a bigger mission. You ha have to have a movement that people are a part of that will make them want to help, right? And I tell business owners this often, you know, a lot of business owners want to um, 
talk bad about influencers um because like well they don't have a real business but influencers right. have mastered the art of community in a way in which i'm like business yeah. owners y'all need to pay attention the yeah. way that their community rides for them a lot of times um is like unparalleled and so uh you really need to learn from that and, and the reason why that is is because they are willing to be vulnerable they are willing to be transparent which is necessary in a community space and part of that vulnerability and part of that transparency is not trying to pretend like you know it all and that you can do it all and that you know everything you know rises and sets in who you are it's like no this is a community effort we are putting this mission out and i need your help just as much as you need my help yeah i mean in my community i it was funny yesterday karina had mentioned that um on our podcast that she saw me in the room having my own website issues and i'm like oh yeah i i, I will process right out loud and you can see that like i'm i don't know all the answers i don't i'm gonna have tech problems just like everybody else i'm gonna have funnel problems i'm gonna have like broken pages and i share it all because i want them to see that all of this is doable. And when we do it together, it's not as painful. <laughs> it's not as like sometimes having someone else see or go through your website. Yeah, it sucks when they find broken things, but it's part of that being in community. It's part of, you know, doing it together and, and not having to shoulder all of that responsibility yourself. And I think that's interesting. You said about influencers. They're very good about that, right? They'll use, mm -hmm. I, I've been watching, I have a small like addiction to the TikTok live shopping. Um, like I am obsessed with it. And it's really interesting. The comments go so fast. And the people who are selling these items completely rely on the community to help, you know, mm -hmm. keep the keep the comments going, keep the excitement going, um, help them figure out, you know, what people were doing. If you've never seen them, they're just fascinating oh. examples of fast commerce. Um, but it's really interesting to see the community that's built around them. Yeah, I, I watch those too. So <laughs> definitely, I definitely so have. I'm like, what bag is coming up next? What makeup palette is coming up? But I'm just like so fascinated how they have grabbed the attention of so many. And there's like 2 million people on this live stream. And mm -hmm. they'll come and put down like their stack of orders that they're basically bagging. If you, if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> go look on TikTok. Go to the live. You'll find them very quickly. They sell everything from bags to to makeup to nail art to you name it, whatever you can mm -hmm. think of. And basically what they do is they put up order, you know, you can order this, then they bag the orders online. But the thing is, it's mm -hmm. so fast, like people are messaging, like they're doing it so quickly that the community really does have to help them. But it is fascinating. It's a fascinating mm -hmm. look at fast commerce that maybe yeah. people don't see. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, you know, but even with that, when you're watching that, seeing the people in the comments that kind of like how they all help one another too. So when people are ordering and then they're like, I don't think they're seeing my order, then everybody all of a sudden will be like, someone's, you know, at so-and-so yes. ordering, blah, blah, blah. And like everybody will start repeating it. So that way they don't, that person doesn't get missed and like yeah. all, you know, all these different things. Um, 
it really is community focused and not just self. Everybody's not just out for self. Uh, and you see it very apparent in those uh, particular live streams, which is uh, especially as someone who does the work that we do. I think that's also why we find it <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Find more fascinating than the average person would, but because we're like, this is like, amazing like the marketing the branding aspects oh, of this they really have unlocked something because i've even seen them selling like crystals and you know all kinds of stuff and i've seen pearls them doing pearls and all kinds yeah. of stuff so. it is fascinating and and it is interesting because you know it, it i mean part of it is you're just like part of me is always like horrified of just how much we're willing to just be like, yeah, give me 12 bags for a hundred bucks. Like, go ahead. Part of me is horrified. I need to declare that. But part of me is <laughs> fascinated with how um, the process, they don't have to do anything really big They're They have like mm -hmm. handwritten signs behind them that basically say, uh, you know, a hundred dollars or whatever this bin. And, you know, they've got a, they've got their phone and that, that that's it. That's what they're doing. And they are relying on the community. They are relying on, um, you know, the excitement of everybody that's in that stream at that moment to help them sell more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the whole thing. It's like, it, and I know this is all, this podcast is also about the risk taker, like the risk in that, right. Of, you know, <laughs> of just doing it. You know, I think a lot of times that's also something that we can definitely take um, a page out of their book of like to the average person that looks absolutely crazy. When you think <laughs> about the traditional uh, business, you know, structure that looks yeah. absolutely crazy, right? Like there's so many reasons that should not work, right? Like, you know, according to like traditional marketing, traditional yeah. business ownership, like all these different things. And yet, and still, there are so many people that are having amazing success with it um, and that are doing it. The other um, live streams that I see that do it very well, too, are like your paparazzi people with the jewelry. And they're like, right. everybody is on there. Um, I've literally seen people do uh, the lot lottery scratch tickets, like just all, I mean, anything. So it just shows you that if you have the idea, if it you were given the idea if you received the divine download like take the risk build the community and ask for help like literally yeah. that <laughs> yeah you know that's the um equation so the reason why i actually came up with that phrase like nourish the risk taker is because i was noticing that people were starting businesses and if they didn't have it all perfect or they didn't or something happened um the community that they were supporting through their idea suddenly the community was not there supporting them. And I thought it was always an interesting thing where people are like, well, you started a business, you should have known what you got into. And it's like, when we start anything, we have no idea what we're getting into, especially business owners. Like we're just like, hey, maybe I'll start selling this one day. Maybe I'll go on TikTok and do a live stream. Like you don't know all the things that are gonna come at you. You cannot know all of the things that are gonna come at you. And I find it, interesting that we're so easy to discard these people who are stepping out, who are creating massive innovations, who are creating new inventions, who are creating new ways of being. And we aren't in there just 100% like, what do you need? 
we right, wait right. we wait until they've proven something and it's like well what we we need people to come on and help them prove it right you know? exactly exactly you know and i think that oftentimes too people get amnesia right like people get amnesia around them where they were when they first started right yeah. like and that's one thing for me that i never lose sight of like you know, I remember, you know, people who are now my friends, but at the time they were just simply other business owners that I've met on these online streets. And I was like, I got this concept and I think it's going to work. And they'd be like, well, try it out on me. Right. Like, and I'm able to like test the concept and see that it actually worked and, um, you know, and doing those things. And so, I think when, you, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, when they reach a certain level of success, they be forgetting where they came from. And it's like, you didn't just step in, step out on the scene as this six-figure, multi-six-figure, seven-figure earner. You started yeah. somewhere too. And so to think that everybody should be coming out of the gate where you are now, one, is not fair. It's unrealistic. And it's ridiculous. Like, what are you talking about? And so, you know, and unfortunately, on the flip side of that, I understand on some levels, people wanting things to be proven, um, because you do have a you have dealt with a lot of charlatans that come out in the space that don't know nothing and that have just have the gift of gab and have taken people for their money. But there has to be a level of grace that takes place you know, for the person who was willing to take the risk to start the business, right? Mm -hmm. And who has this thing that they believe in and this um, calling that they feel um, uh, drawn to, to execute in the world. And so everybody has a community. It's just about finding yours. And, you know, and that's why I'm often, I'm anti-cookie cutter, and I tell, I say it all the time, um, you know, my unpopular opinion oftentimes in the marketing and branding space is that all marketing works. All of it works. Yep. It just don't all work for you. That's right. And so you have to know what works for you. And the best way to figure that out is not to just only understand the community that you're trying to call in, but that's understanding yourself too. And how yep. do you actually operate and how do you actually um, how you're actually divinely designed to show up in the world so that you can marry the two in order to reach success and build your community faster. I like that you said that all marketing works. You know, one thing that we can add on to that too is that it might not work for you right now. It might mm -hmm. work for you at a later stage. And part right. of it is, I, you know, what I do see in the world of the online business is that people will see, you know, the Amy Porterfields of the world saying, I put out this one mini offer and made half a million dollars or whatever the exaggerated claim is of the mm -hmm. day. But Amy's been doing this for 10 to 12 years. She's right. built a massive list of people who right. have bought from her before. Her putting out that mini offer is going to be very different from you when you've been in business for five minutes and you have a smaller list that you haven't developed. And mm -hmm. so it's knowing that too, and being able to ask for help for where you're at. Sometimes we don't want to admit that we are so green, that we're so new, that we mm -hmm. ask for things that are not yet for us. Yes. 
I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, there's levels to this, people. Um, you know, and it just is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's just true, you know, and we also have to remember that even with the the deepest level of transparency, you're still not seeing it all. That's right? right. You know, even people who oftentimes are like, I'm an open book and you know, share share a lot, they still don't share everything, right? Like it just would be humanly impossible unless they just had a a video camera just attached to them all day long. Yeah. And with the streaming live, right? There's always going to be bits and pieces of people's day, of people's journey that gets left out. And so that's something that you have to understand as facts um, just because it's reality, right? And so mm-hmm. even when things are working, if you're trying something and it doesn't work, you have to understand that, okay, maybe there's something about their process that I didn't get to see. Maybe there's something about how they put this together that I'm not aware of, right? And so this is also why it's great to have not just only the community that you're looking to serve, but being a part of a community where you get to be poured into as a community member, as opposed to necessarily being the leader of it. You need to have both types of community um, around you in order to, for, to me, to be successful uh, in, in business. One of the things I love about politics is when um, the successful candidate gets elected in, they don't, they, they talk about the person who got elected, but they always mention who ran their campaign. And it's one of the best things that I've seen. I think we need to do more of that in the business world is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got here, but here's my team that actually got me here. Here is my support structure. Here's the person who ran that launch because it wasn't me. I just yeah. showed up and delivered the content, the real work, the real strategy was actually this person here. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, yeah, we need to have like our, you know, chief, uh, the chief officer, whatever the, the the campaign manager, we need to start elevating those folks in the business world because they yeah. are the ones that are supporting these people who, having the success. Exactly, I agree with that. Um, I think I always, I always personally have issue <laughs> with you know the people that are always like, I don't want to tell people who I work with because I don't want everybody working with them. It's like, but you want everybody working with you. How do you not, how do you want to hold up their money? How do you want to hold up their growth? How do you want to hold up, you know, their access to, you know, abundance while you are siphoning abundance from them because they are supporting you? Like that to me has never made sense, but a lot of people feel that way. Right. You know, and, um, and I know, and I know that for it to be true that there's also a lot of uh, spaces where NDAs are, you know, a part of it and all of these different things. Yeah. But I just have never had an issue with telling someone who my coach is or with telling someone who has supported me or who my mentor was or who, um, whose brand I even watched for from afar. Right. Like, and was like, Oh, I like what they're doing and kind of reverse engineered stuff like that. Like, there are so many people that helped me get to where I'm at. Um, and I know there was continue to be so many people that will help me get to where I'm going. And so I do agree that there's something to be said about um, this false allegation that you're self-made in this like, mm, yeah, but really? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. 
No, you had some form of a community, even if it was your mama who stayed up and helped you pack pack yeah. orders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like somebody helped you do something on this journey. So yeah. Yeah. I've always said anything I've done in my life, I've gotten by with a lot of help from my friends, not a little, a lot of help from my friends because I couldn't do it. We, you know, we put on these large scale events. There's no way I could, you know, cover 36,000 square feet by myself. There's no way I could handle, you know, 10,000, 20,000 people coming through the door by myself. There was no way that I could even figure out the setup, you know, and all of that. And in, even now in the community, as we're growing, there's no way I could support, there's no way we could scale the level of support that we have in the catalyst um, where it was just me. Right. And so part mm -hmm. of it is bringing on the really great team members that help believe in that vision. You did ask that. We did talk about this recently online though, about not telling people who you're coached with. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because we've talked about that in the catalyst. Um, our affiliate program isn't that great. I mean, it's a great program. You can make a lot of money from it, but people don't often use it because they don't necessarily want the members of their community in the catalyst. And there's a lot of levels to that. And I, mm -hmm. I think part of it is that we've built, you mentioned it before, we've built these kind of pedestals that people are on and they don't necessarily want their community seeing that they get supported as well or that, or the level of vulnerability that they might come into that space with because they don't want everybody to know their business. And I get that. There's some interesting things that we're going to have to build into our community, knowing that we don't want to stop people from talking about the catalyst, but we recognize that there's so many levels of judgment and shame and this pedestal building that we've got to break it down. What do you see in communities that, that you've been in a part of or that you've led where you can start to break down some of that kind of like, oh, no, I don't want other people to see that I'm in here. Yeah. So, you know, one of one of the things for me is that's really big is around sacred space. And one of the lessons also that I had to learn was that not all spaces are for everybody in regards to um, the same type of capacity, because everyone has different capacities for what they can handle and what they're going through. So creating a, you know, on a large scale, when you're talking about like a Facebook group or like your social media, yeah, you can have people that, you know, are just brand new to business who maybe they hit their first hundred K or those people that are scaling to seven figures, they can all coexist in that space. However, when it comes to behind the scenes support, all of those same people don't need to be all in the same space. And so this is why to me is important to have like offer suites um, where there's certain levels so that at least when people come in, it's like, okay, if you're coming into this space, you're someone who's multi six figures, you have very different uh, challenges and upper limiting beliefs than someone who is brand new to business, right? Now, can someone who's brand new to business quickly accelerate to where they're the person that's making multi six figures? Of course. Like, I mean, circumstances and different things, you know, sure. all play a role in that. Um, you know, the way society is set up plays a role in that. Um, you know, a lot of systematic stuff plays a role in that. But at the end of the day, do you need to start out in the container with people that are already there? Probably not, right? Nope. It's like, even what you're saying in regards to the, you know, to your community, it's like, okay, so, and more times than not, the people who are sharing it with their community, their community is not necessarily where they're at. 
Yeah. So if you set up space where it's like, okay, you can't necessarily come into the same level of catalyst that I am in because you're not where I'm at, but there's this other level that would suit you and fit you and your needs, then great. I can share that with you, um, you know, and, and you can come in and I can make the affiliate money and you can get the support you need. And that's great. And I can also still have my sacred space that you're not part of. Um, because you don't have the same level of challenges that I have. Um, the other thing too is like having, um, depending on what type of things anyone that's listening may have set up. If you have certain things where it's like, okay, I have this particular pod, right? And so from this pod, whoever you referred, they go into a different pod, a different cohort, a different mm-hmm. section. Right. So they're not sitting up on the Zoom call or wherever we're meeting with their coach. Right. Yeah. Um, Now, for me, I haven't necessarily had that much of an issue with it in regards to like me being a participant in the space because I do a lot of cross coaching. So I do a lot of coaching with people who are on the same level as me, where either they have coached with me or I have coached with them. Um, there's a certain level of respect that kind of comes into that space. And there's also a deeper level of uh, transparency and vulnerability that has taken place in mm-hmm. those situations. So me being in a container with those people, it's not an issue for me, mm-hmm. even though they may be my client, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I always am going to go back to radical self-awareness, like you understanding yourself and you know, and what works for you. Now, there are definitely certain people within my community I probably would not necessarily want to be in the same cohort yeah. coaching container with them. Yes. But that still would not keep me from telling them who I got support from, right? right? I would just probably be very honest with them and say, based on where you're at, I don't necessarily think you're ready for this particular container that I'm in. Yeah. However, they have these other offers or, you know, whatever the case may be, or let's, let's get you to the place where you would be able to, you know, operate in that. Right. And so that's, that's the difference to me. Yeah. I've been really exploring the, the concept of mindful exclusion. Um, just really being, you know, conscious, like you said, not every space is for everybody and that's okay. Um, and, and maybe we, we get stronger, uh, in that as individuals, as community members, as community builders in knowing when mindful exclusion is really effective for people. Yeah. And, you know, and I think also too, there's a certain level of trust that has to be in place between you and whoever you're coaching with or you're mentor mentoring with where I also know that if I was to refer someone to say you uh, in this community that I'm a member of, that you're going to vet them and be honest as well on whether or not this is a good space for them. And yeah, if me absolutely. and that person are in totally two different spaces, I shouldn't even be concerned with whether or not you're going to let them in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Into the space. Yeah. But if if you're working with someone who's just like, I just take any and 
any and everybody, that's a different conversation to be had, right? Um, yeah, you know. we don't have an application on the catalyst. So it is definitely something we're looking at. Um, that being said, everybody who's joined uh, minus one person um, has, has come through as a conversation with me. One person joined mm -hmm. I actually refunded them because I was like, you're not going to have fun here um, for very, for very obvious reasons of just things that were on their Facebook group. I was like, oh, you're not going to you're not going to love this space. You're going to have, you know, <laughs> let me just give your money back. But it is interesting as we grow, you know, we definitely are looking at a new beginner cohort and we are also looking at a founder circle. So people who have been in the space for the length of time that we've been open, they are at a different stage. And they also, I want them to be able to have input and vote um, on the people who they would like to be in their founders. So it isn't just like somebody came to me with 25 or $50,000. It's the fact <laughs> that they are the right fit for the community. And I think right. that's a really interesting thing. When we talk about nourishing their spheres, I love that you said, you know, you rely on me, you know, to make sure that I'm not bringing people into your space as well, because it becomes your space. Even if I'm the person... Mm -hmm you know, who created the idea when we're building community, it's our space, not my space. And I get to decide who's in there. It's really important that the members within the community are able to help and ask for help from all of their folks in there. And if they can't, that's where we start to see the problems. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing about, I, I want to see more entrepreneurs actually take the time to create sacred space, mm -hmm. right? And to understand the importance of sacred space, even within the community, right? Mm -hmm. um, and how even inside of one community, there's different sacred spaces, right? Like there's different, because um, people need different things. People um people work differently, people respond differently, people learn differently. Like all of these different things are important to understand when you are looking to really create a thriving community because that's the other piece, right? So many people want to build these communities and they they do the things to get the numbers, to build the people, but they don't really understand any concept around sustaining community of really making it feel like a true community outside of utilizing the word, right? Ooh. Like, and so, yeah. you know, and so it's like, how are you actually nourishing them? Are you actually listening to what they need? Are you actually um, understanding what their desires are, uh, understanding what their challenges are? Do you know what they're not saying, right? right? you know, can you see what they don't see, um, you know, and are able to nurture them into that space as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, too many people are bu building communities, but not building communities. They're building Facebook groups, but they're not building communities. <laughs> right, exactly. They're building email lists, but they're not building communities. They're building yeah. social media platforms, but they're not building communities. Yes. And there's a major difference. I it's a difference that. between an audience and a community. Uh, I love that. I love that you said that because it is interesting. We we build, we see these social media followings, even with 10,000, 20,000, 120,000, 2 million followers, <laughs> but is there community? And, and the one of the conversations we've been having in the catalyst is can you have a community without having a forum? Like, can you have community without having a Facebook group? I'm like, yeah, people can mm -hmm. 
can recognize each other and connect with each other. And it's not something you have to necessarily manage. Mm-hmm. We look at like Taylor Swift fans. We look at, you know, like they, they mm-hmm. have a community without necessarily having a central gathering place. They feel right. like they belong to something without necessarily signing up the, the Bay hive, the, there's so many of these that we can see from music where people mm-hmm. will see themselves as part of a community, even without being on a forum. Exactly. The thing with that is because they have a common um, mission or goal, right? They have a common Mm -hmm. interest. And a lot of times you'll, because you'll even see, that's why I say influencers actually do it really well. I mean, there's a couple of people that I follow and I comment so much on their content that I've met people in the comments because I'm commenting. I'm like, she's there again. And I'm like, girl, did you see this? You know, and I may even tag them at this point because I'm like, did you, did you see our people, you know, and that type of thing, because we just be in the comments. Right. Um, But that's the other thing. I think that oftentimes as business owners, we get away from encouraging the social aspects of social media because we're so busy trying to be the teacher and the talking head around, I am the expert, I am the expert, but there's a difference between being an expert and being the authority. And when you are the authority, you understand how to uh, create communication and conversation that doesn't take you being the person that has to execute it, right? It's like, okay, in the comments, even, and there's a ways for you to even start fostering that because it is something that's very different between, you know, business owners and influencers. Mm-hmm. You may have to actually work to influence, to, to um, suggest that, right. To let people know that this is how I kind of run my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that takes you also recognizing who, who is all, who always shows up on your posts. Like who's all, oftentimes always commenting. And then if someone else comments something that you recognize is similar to the thought process of someone who's always commenting, why don't you tag that person and yeah. be like, you know, saying like, oh, so-and-so just said this yesterday. Right. So then it fosters like communication between the two of them. And then, you know, as well. And that also helps to foster that community feel. But we're so busy just trying to be the expert and share our expertise yes. that you know we're not we're losing that. And right now, listen, in the world that we live in now, and I ain't even gonna get into all the cosmic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but that's happening. Like community is if you don't got one, you're not gonna have no business. I never have truer words spoken, but that's it. We have to start realizing that to have a business, you are cultivating a community and it has nothing to do with how many followers you have. It has nothing to do with how many people see you as the expert. It is the true definition of community. Do you have a group of people, not, and not just your audience, but like the group of people that support you as a business owner. So let me ask you, Famira, this is a great lead in. Are you currently being nourished? Listen, so yes, I definitely, I, t- I tell people I am not here by myself. Um, I have an amazing circle of other amazing entrepreneurial women who have definitely uh, fed me over the last, um, look, I'm almost 10 years in this year makes mm-hmm. 10 years in business. And I've met some amazing women in the process. Um mm-hmm 
who I'm like, listen, I got this idea. I need to run it past you, right? Like, cause I, I'm a verbal processor or I need to like write it out or whatever. And I know that I can go to them and I can share with them. I can also share like the downside, like what is happening? No one is engaging. No one is like talking. Like everybody's talking about they love my stuff, but where are they at with their money, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and I can be, frustrated and I can be anxious and I can be annoyed and I can be excited and I can be all the range of emotions with them. Um, and they understand it and they get it because they're also business owners. Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course I also have like, um, a great, uh, base with my family and, you know, and my Mm -hmm. friends who don't necessarily get what I do. Like I've been doing it this long and they're like, I don't know what you do. I just tell people, that you help people with their businesses and that's fine. But like the, <laughs> but yeah. the support yeah. and they're just as excited, like even though they're they like, may not necessarily like, <laughs> right, understand all the ins and outs um, and they, you know, and they support me and they allow me to um, detach, right? Like I get to just be Famira, right? Um, yeah. With them yeah. and in those spaces. And so those are definitely the ways in which I am being nourished and yeah. You know, and then, and then even in, from the community that I actually am leading, like seeing people have aha moments and seeing people have breakthroughs and seeing people understand certain things about themselves that actually nourishes me. Like seeing people get results that they didn't think that they could get three months ago, right? When they first mm-hmm. came into my world. And then they're like, from here, oh my gosh, you know, um, I tell people all the time, um, the best light inbox messages for me are the ones where they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much more like myself. Thank you so much. Like, you know, uh, my confidence, I'm, I'm totally different. I enjoy those more than someone being like, oh, I had my first 5k launch. I've yeah. had my first 5k month, you know, um, I tripled the size of my community. All of those are actually very true. Those are yeah. all actual results that people get from working with me. But it's the people that are like, I am not the same person that I was a year ago from working with you. Those are the things that really nourish me and light me up. That's great. And how are you at receiving nourishment? Does now, listen, <laughs> listen, Marissa, you in my yeah. business now. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we tend to do that. I'm not always the best at uh, being on the receiving end. I am uh, definitely better than I was before. Um, And I, um, I am, because I'm not necessarily always the best, especially on a personal level, the best at asking, right? Yeah. But what I am blessed with is having people um, in my space that understands that about me. Mm. And so they they will ask me because if you ask me, I will tell you. Right, but I'm not the best at initiating it, right? Okay. But I'm very honest, so I will tell you <laughs> if you ask me. So I do. I have um, been blessed with people who understand that and don't have a problem with asking. Yeah. Uh, and so in that case, I have um, gotten better at receiving um, and receiving without feeling like I have to reciprocate. Ooh. So that. That yeah. is a huge thing for me um, yeah. because I've always felt like, well, if you do something for me now, I got to go do something for you. And, you know, and being able to just stand in like, no, it's just my turn this time. Mm-hmm. And I can just receive 
without, you know, needing to do anything else. It is a day to day, uh, moment by moment, situation by situation. <laughs> but I will say I'm getting better at it. I definitely am getting better at it. <laughs> it's a lifetime process, I think, because yeah. you just, just when you think you know yourself, you realize that you don't. <laughs> Yeah, because you're we're always evolving, right? Mm -hmm. And so even as even with gene keys, that's what one thing I tell people all the time. People people often feel like, oh, once I know my gene keys, I got it. No, like that's not how this works. <laughs> it is lifetime <laughs> contemplation because yeah. what happens is it opens up doors and then you see and you're like, okay, I see where I leaned in over here, I see where I was fighting myself over here. But then what happens is every time we get to a new level. It's like the same thing shows up, but in a different outfit. Absolutely. And so it's like, do you recognize it in this new outfit? And then sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was the exact same thing I just did. I just was faced with like six months ago, but I didn't realize because it was dressed different, right? And yeah. so you always are, you know, learning more about yourself. Self-awareness is ongoing process always different set of challenges different set of people because that's the thing right. too is that you, you're not just in it alone right so something right. comes up you're also working with someone else who's working on themselves yes. so it, you know it's it's an it's not just our our um our proaction it's our reaction and then other people's mm -hmm. proaction and reaction like that's exactly. that's the whole part of it right Right. Exactly. Exactly that. And, you know, and that's why one of the things I, you know, want people to remember in this space is that when it comes to nourishing ourselves, the biggest thing for nourishment is grace. And we don't give ourselves enough grace. We extend grace to others, oftentimes overflowing, but we don't extend that same level of grace to ourselves. And so I'm always understanding you're always in process. You're always evolving. You're not the same person you were a year ago. A lot of times, depending on how active you are in the work, you're not the same person you were yesterday. And so, you know, lending yourself a level of grace to not hold yourself hostage to the person you were before is so much nourishment. That's powerful words. Powerful words. Okay. Oh, I could keep talking to you forever, but I do... <laughs> want to give you an opportunity to talk about what you do, where people can find you, how they can work with you before we go. Okay. Awesome. So you can find me on all social media at I am Famira. That's F is in fabulous, A-M-I-R-A. -A. Um, I hang out most of the time on Instagram. So definitely check me out there. Uh, and uh, my website is www.yourbrilliancecode.com. So you can also visit me there. I need to do some updating. So, uh, you know, but you can find things that you need there. Um, I do have my own community. If you want to learn about community building, I actually have a, a Facebook group, um, a free Facebook group that you can um, check me out. It's called Community Driven Entrepreneurs. You'll see my picture on the um, banner. Uh, so, you know, you're in the right place. Uh, and basically, that's what I do. I help women entrepreneurs with building their communities and uh, doing it authentically and calling in the right people and not just the people and doing it without feeling like they always have to be on or performing for the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, yeah, reach out to me. I, 
if you're listening to this podcast, I would love to hear uh, any aha moments or what your favorite part of this podcast was. So definitely DM me on Instagram at I am Framera and let me know. I would love to hear your feedback. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's love it. Me. Okay. And I always end out be, uh, be basically saying something that I appreciate about the person I'm talking to. So again, I'm very excited that we got to do this. We have to do this again um, because it's been a bazillion years, but I love the way you show up. I love the way, and I mean, I see you online, but I have a feeling it's like in person too. I love the way that you just boldly go into asking powerful questions. You really challenge people with, with their beliefs. Like they might come in and be a part of the conversation. And it's not like you, you, you don't challenge them in in a way that they feel like they're, they weren't heard. You challenge them in a way that you hear them exactly where they are and you go meet them. And then you say, okay, but what about this? And you have a really powerful way of doing that. And I know that that causes amazing ripples that turn into big waves out into the world because I've seen it. I've, and I've heard people say, I talked to Famira and this is what happened. And, or I saw Famira doing this. Like you're, I often hear in our circles, people come back and be like, did you, did you see what Famira posted? So you are creating this fantastic discussion, these conversations out into the world. And I really appreciate it. I get, to, I like when I get to be a part of them. I like when you challenge me. I like when you come in and you say, okay, yeah, but this, but what about this? And part of that is just this ongoing growth. And that to me is like a great part of the community that you're building is this growth, like communal growth, communal, like we're all walking along this together. Some of us take a little bit more time. Some of us have different <laughs> pathways, some side quests, but you're right. there when people are ready to come along with you. And I think that's just a fantastic skill. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Um, that means so much to me um, because I understand that my calling on this earth in this particular lifetime is expansion. And mm-hmm. I want people to be expanded, whether it's in their thought process, um, you know, emotionally, spiritually, when they come into contact with me. And so, you know, I often say that to my clients, like think about what is the one lesson you want people to take from every encounter that you have in the world. And for me, is that you can expand beyond what you think you're capable of. And so saying that like reinforces that for me. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for listening to Nourish the Risk Takers, a podcast where asking for help becomes easier and receiving the help becomes life-changing. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our mailing list at createtherules.com to get notified when the next interview is released. Follow us on all socials at Create the Rules for in-between insights, talkbacks, and more. Thank you for being here.